Welcome back to another segment of Build Smart, Lead Strong on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Elizabeth Bernhard. Today, we are continuing our Industry 4.0 Technology Showcase. Joining me as a guest moderator is Scott Phillips, Program Director of the Industry 4.0 Accelerator, which is powered by Centropolis Accelerator at Lawrence Tech and Lean Rocket Lab in Jackson. The role of the Industry 4.0 Accelerator is to maintain ongoing communication, to really be out there with manufacturers, understanding what their challenges are and what their issues are that can be solved through I4O technology. In addition, they're there scouring the globe, looking for the best and the brightest tech companies to bring back to Michigan. And so, Scott, I'm so happy that you are joining me today. Thank you very much for being here. Great. Thanks, Elizabeth. Thanks for inviting me. And especially this session as matchmakers, this is one of our favorite tech clients here with Detected and one of our favorite strategic partners with Isaac. So really happy to be part of this. But yeah, that's what we are. We're a matchmaker. We're funded by the state of Michigan. And our job is to just listen to manufacturers and their problems and go find technologies anywhere in the world and try to get them to Michigan to help make Michigan manufacturers more competitive. And in this case, Detected happened to be in our backyard. So Kevin's one of our you know, real pluses for the program, really engaging speaker, who probably make more introductions and mentions of the tech than any other of our tech client. And I think Lionel's been one of the greatest strategic partners because they're very innovative, willing to experiment and try new technology solutions. So very happy to be here. Fantastic. Thank you. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Kevin. Yeah. So Kevin, I know you and have seen you and know the companies you work with, and you've put a lot of thought into your technology based on your experience. Talk about the problems you're solving with manufacturers. First, I just want to say thank you, Elizabeth, and for putting all this together. Thank you, Scott, for the nice and warm introduction. And also a big thank you to the Accelerator, who has been a great promoter of ours. So in a nutshell, we're solving quality-related issues for these manufacturers that were previously only solvable by putting people on it to check it. There was no system automation that could check it to a quality level that was acceptable. And they didn't have money to automate mm-hmm. the whole process to automate the quality into it. So they're doing visual human inspection. So anywhere we've got people chalk marking, checking quality of assembly or part quality, we're kind of asking for a problem. God made us great, but he didn't make us perfect. So we have bad days and we miss stuff and that's just the way it is. So these escapes get out to the the customers and then there's warranty issues. So we're solving the quality, the upper level of the quality tree that was previously only solvable with human inspectors. Kevin, I know that you're from a manufacturing family and a background and you've had successful businesses that you've left to start Detected. What made you want to leave and start Detected? Well, I'll be honest with you. I saw a huge problem out there. I've seen this problem for 30 years and people have tried to solve it. I tried to solve it with traditional technology, if you'd say industry 3.0 type technology. And it just, there was a point at which it just, you can't solve anymore. So you got to have people. And I see the problem still exists. And I see none of the big players in the market are introducing anything that will solve this. 
None of the outside forces of Microsoft and Google and Amazon were properly addressing how to live on a plant floor because they don't understand the plant floor. I came from the plant floor. I understand this upper level neural net AI technology. And I'm just like, no one's going to do this right. So why don't I do it? Right. Why don't I do it? So I jumped the shark per se and decided to come out and build a system that is reliable, built for the manufacturing environment and addresses the technology problems and quality issues that were not solvable and still aren't being solved by the current industry giants. Kevin, can you provide some examples for how manufacturers are using Detect It on their shop floor? Sure. It kind of falls into two categories. Now, remember, if you can see it and you could teach someone to look at that screen and detect it, you can use our software to detect it. So that covers all kinds of stuff. But in general, the customers are falling into two kind of buckets. One is the final inspector area where there's somebody today or a group of people chalk mark checking quality of assembly or verifying it before the part gets bagged out and shipped to their customer. So they're using us to either primarily augment the operators, but in some cases replace them so that the operators, the low hanging stuff, they don't have to check all that stuff. They just have to check the stuff. We can't get a camera view on it. Or in some cases, we're completely replacing the inspector. This second area is upstream in the process. If we can check at the end of the line that the part is assembled properly, then why not, since we can use cheap cameras or affordable cameras, why not put cameras at each assembly station and check the quality in that station so you can't get a bad part out of the station and then use that same camera to drive the work instructions to the operators that they don't get the next instruction until after the camera has seen the first step completed properly. So this actually helps them with training new operators. And in this world of labor shortages, there's a lot of worker churn. And believe me, people don't want to make mistakes, but the system won't even let you make a mistake. So final inspection. So the general managers can sleep at night and throughout the line as error proofing in station or smart work instructions. You are listening to Elizabeth Bernhardt, Build Smart, Lead Strong on the Michigan Business Network. Sonair has been advancing communities and providing opportunities for people in Michigan for more than 25 years. Through lending, investments, and the creation of homes and jobs, Sonair has made a combined $7 billion impact on the communities they serve. Learn more at www.sonair.com. Welcome back to another segment of Build Smart, Lead Strong on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Elizabeth Bernhardt. Today, we are continuing our Industry 4.0 Technology Showcase. Joining me as a guest moderator is Scott Phillips, Program Director of the Industry 4.0 Accelerator, which is powered by Centropolis Accelerator at Lawrence Tech 
and Lean Rocket Lab in Jackson. Kevin, you solve a lot of problems with Detect It. And when people are doing a cost benefit on using Detect It, I mean, there's quality savings, there's probably rate improvement and throughput, there's efficiencies for labor, probably. What are the big savings that people are using to justify Detect It and bring it on? Square up, it's the cost that they incur when a bad part escapes their facility and they get dinged on that bad part quality. That is directly impacting, and most of my customers are tier ones, I will say that. Not that end users can't have it, not that little shops can't have it, but the tier ones jumped on it quick because they get dinged, right? Anytime a bad part gets out, they don't get paid for that part at the end of the month. It's deducted from their monthly atonement and they can arbitrate it later. But that is the direct big number that they see. The other benefit that is a little bit more underneath the radar, but they see it as well, is the lack of time it takes or the speed of which operators come up to speed at stations when the system tells them what to do and won't let them build it wrong. So it helps them. And then they don't even pay attention after a while, but it catches them when they're not paying attention and they do something wrong. So quicker training on the operators. They don't actually have to go through as much training per se. The station trains you and no bad parts getting out that door anymore. That's great, Kevin. Thank you. So we're going to take a break. We are going to talk with one example of a company who has implemented Detect It through an Industry 4.0 grant. You're listening to Build Smart, Lead Strong on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Elizabeth Bernhard. Joining us today is Leonel Vargas-Cruz, Director of Operations at Isaac, the Industrial Sewing and Innovation Center. Headquartered in Detroit, Isaac is a pioneering nonprofit, national resource for the manufacturing of soft goods, and they advance solutions that are transforming industry. Leonel, welcome. Thanks for being here. Hey. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the time and the opportunity to promote what Isaac is doing here in Detroit. And I'm very happy to be in surrounded by so many good people. Fantastic. Hey, Leonel, this is Scott. I've been to your facility several times and seen you work with companies like Detect It and other novel technologies. But can you just talk a little bit more about Isaac? Like Elizabeth said, you guys are such a unique business in what you do. What's Isaac all about? We're about people. That's the main thing that we try to address every single day that we come to work. We work for an industry that has taken advantage of people for throughout their history, right? A lot of the people that work in this industry don't have upward mobility opportunities. They are of minority backgrounds. They are women-led. They are minority Black and Latino communities. And some of them from different backgrounds, right? And what we saw as an organization is that the people were stuck at doing jobs at minimum wages, and there was no opportunity for them to grow, no opportunity for learn different skills so that they could make better wages. So our approach here at Isaac, it's all about how do we develop training programs that people can learn the right way of doing things like we have talked before and doing it right the first time, doing it in a way that it's very lean. So minimizing ways, talking about sustainability, it's every single thing that can be helping the industry get back to the United States and be done in an advanced way. 
We opened our doors in April 2020, middle of a pandemic. So our strategic approach had to change very fast. But the last two years, we've really put a lot of effort into developing that original strategic plan of approaching what is the industry doing in other places that can be brought to the U.S. so that we're making it the most advanced way, but also exploring what other industries are doing that is working for them. And that's how we landed here. So that's how we landed with Centropolis. That's how we landed with Detected. You're very unique in that you know, you're a traditional cut and sew, industrial sewing with clients and customers. I know Carhartt's a customer, but then you're also a lab for the industry too, in terms of trying out new technology. Can you talk about that? Yes. So one of our divisions is an innovation division. And what we do there is that we pilot innovation programs for the industry. So we address this in two different ways. One way is that we work with the customer try to understand what the root cause of their problems is. And then we look for innovators that can fix that problem. And an example that we have with that is Carhartt. We found a product that they wanted to do in the United States because it was their best-selling product and they didn't want to only rely on overseas manufacturing. So we partnered with Carhartt to find the most advanced way of building that product in the United States. And that right now we have a live running in our facility here in Detroit where we make A18 beanies that are profitable, meeting the expectations of costs for Carhartt at the same way that our employees are getting paid livable wages. The second way that we address innovation pilots is by finding the solution. So finding the innovator and working with the innovator to understand what they offer to the industry and what kind of project scope can be created so that then we can pursue a customer that could benefit from the use of this technology. And that's an example of how we landed with Detected. We understood what Detected was able to offer. We went back to Carhartt and we said, hey, this is the project scope of what we're trying to do. Then we applied through MGA and MEDC through Industry 4.0 grant, and we put that into action. You are listening to Elizabeth Bernhard, Build Smart, Lead Strong on the Michigan Business Network. Growing your business requires you to stay up to date in many areas. Foster Swift's Legal Impact Hour on Fridays provides the latest information on legal topics impacting Michigan businesses, from contracts to employment issues to health care to litigation. Listen to attorneys and business owners discuss the practical side of adhering to the laws that impact your day-to-day operations. That's Foster Swift's Legal Impact Hour, Fridays on michiganbusinessnetwork.com or visit fosterswift.com. Welcome back to another segment of Build Smart, Lead Strong on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Elizabeth Bernhardt. Today, we are continuing our Industry 4.0 Technology Showcase. We are going to continue our conversation with Isaac and Detectit, Kevin Kernwin and Lionel to talk about the relationship that your two organizations have and how you came together with the state's Industry 4.0 Signature Initiative. At MGA, we have the pleasure of being one of the six grant administrators. MGA serves about half the state, 
And we had the pleasure of working with your two companies to give you a grant so that you can purchase Detect It. So I'd like to talk a little bit about your unique approach to workforce development. And I must say, it's incredibly impressive that you launched in the pandemic. And since then, you have grown to spread. You're currently licensed. Your curriculum is licensed in at least nine states. That was of 2022. Yes. Tell us about your approach and how you have taken this to a national model. So as an organization, we saw a problem in our industry. One is that we don't manufacture what we wear, and we haven't been doing so for decades, almost 40 years since the industry really, really invested in infrastructure and businesses here in the United States. And we saw an opportunity even before the pandemic and everything happened, right? It was that a lot of people really needed to be trained in this trade skills, because for a long time, we had what was basically a perfect world. We had more operators than what we needed. And that's an easy problem to solve, right? You just have this product to run. You hire the people that you need. The people that are not hired stay in the unemployment bucket. And you're always running efficiently without having to put a lot of effort into training. But what we were seeing, and this goes back to the early 2000s is that our CEO noticed that as she had a business to run in Minneapolis, there was a problem with retaining workforce in our industry. And it's because we were not investing in the workforce. We were just putting them to work and trying to pay them the least that we could pay them, right? So a consortium get made, a lot of discussion about it happens to address the workforce issue. And the point that wanted to be addressed at that time is that training programs need to be available so that people can learn the skills and that they need to be paid what their job is worth. At that time, she made a transition and she became the VP of the leather division at Chinola. So that conversation died for a couple of months, but she noticed that Detroit was having the same problem as Minneapolis and that Detroit had the same problem as Florida and Texas, and that it was becoming a lot more of a bigger problem as our industry and any other industry in manufacturing or any other organization in manufacturing was seeing their workforce age and not being replaced by our younger generations, right? So basically a new consortium got made and instead of approaching it as a conversation, the consortium decided that it needed to be actionable. And that's where ISAC was created in 2018, but actually came to life in 2020. And our approach is that we need to find advanced ways of manufacturing for our industry in a way that companies can meet their targets, but also engage younger generations by using interesting tools like HoloLenses or Detected or DeepHouse that are tools that we can use for training in a way that the younger generation is more engaged with. So let's break it down a little bit. Viganel, how did you come to find out about Detected? We heard earlier, Kevin, that you're typically working with the tier ones. So how did you two come together? So Centropolis, Scott and Dan were a key part of how we met each other. As Scott mentioned, we had a very good relationship with them. We tried to run our ideas through their minds so that they know what we're looking for. And during one of those conversations, AI inspection came in to play. And they said, we have the right person for you. That's how we met Kevin. <laughs> yeah, 
Centropolis brought us together. And for me, I was like, wow, we get to actually do something that's not car parts, right? Not that car parts aren't important, but it's like, I would love to address sewing. And like Lionel's problem is that it's all human operators doing everything and they don't catch everything. You're looking at stitching and all that stuff. It's little stitches. And for the Carhartt project, it was really unique because that's a Detroit-based company. So not only am I outside of car parts and inside of sewing, but I'm inside of sewing for a Detroit-based company. So I was thrilled, tickled pink, shall we say. And it was a really interesting set of projects we did with Lionel and the crew. And I love to learn about what they're doing down there, helping people. Because I contend that AI should be used to help people. You should think about it as like Rosie the robot in the Jetsons. She gets rid of mundane tasks for you and she helps you by getting your coat on or whatever. It helps you, right? It's not Arnold Schwarzenegger and the Terminator. It's really stuff that can help people. And that's all about what Isaac's about. So I thought it was a great blend. Really enjoyed the project. Yeah, I think in general, that's one of the things that we connected on is that it was not about removing the person from the process. It was about using our resources the best way. And we know that those mundane works, they are usually low pay skill sets, right? And what we want to do is to raise the bar for people to actually earn more. So how do we address the low level positions? We try to implement technology and advancement so that our people are being trained on what really can get them to pay more. Yeah what the really dexterous humans can do well, Mm -hmm. right? You are listening to the Michigan Business Network, Build Smart, Lead Strong. I'm Elizabeth Bernhardt. We'll be right back. For something to grow, it takes time like the equity in your home. That's why LaughQ offers a home equity line of credit because frequent watering of your houseplants may be recommended. Now can we get a new roof? Not so much the rest of the house. Want the best rates for a home equity line of credit? Ask for LaughQ. Stop in today or go to laughq.com slash home equity. LaughQ, your credit union for life. Welcome back to another segment of Build Smart, Lead Strong on the Michigan Business Network. I'm Elizabeth Bernhardt. Today, we are continuing our Industry 4.0 Technology Showcase. We are going to continue our conversation with Isaac and Detectit, Kevin Kernwin and Lionel to talk about the relationship that your two organizations have and how you came together with the state's Industry 4.0 Signature Initiative. At MGA, we have the pleasure of being one of the six grant administrators. MGA serves about half the state, and we had the pleasure of working with your two companies to give you a grant so that you can purchase Detect It. Talk about the before and after. So before Detect It, what was happening internally? Walk us through the manufacturing process. And then what's the after with Detect It? How have things changed? So one of the things that as an industry, we have struggled a lot is that a lot of the defects get hidden by having the thread and the background being the same color. That was one of the biggest challenges that the industry has not been able to address in a way that you don't expect 
spend all of your money trying to solve it, right? So when we found that their detected team was able to identify anything that the human eye could see, then it made a lot of sense. So our first goal and the reasoning for this first project was the Carhartt A18 Beanie has a label that goes up front. And this is a major defect for the customer, which is Carhartt. They did not want any of those labels to miss a stitch so that the thread was actually following the square of that label. And that was a major defect. It could fail our audits if it's found. And obviously, if a customer finds it, it's easily a return for them. So we've really put a lot of focus on solving that problem from an inspection perspective because the human eye gets tired. And when you're doing 1,500 every single day, you're doing 2,000 of these units every single day, you're going to miss something. So our goal was to really create a process where maybe it required a little bit of a stop or a little bit of an increase on our time cycled, but actually minimize the risk of that defect moving forward. So how we managed that was to create the nest with the team of detected and then find different approaches on how to set up the camera within a machine that is continuously vibrating. So we tried different setups, we tried different cameras, and at the end of the day, we kind of had to learn how to create that little coding from the background because we were not IT experts. We were good sewing machine operators, but not really experts. So having the support of their team, having the support of our team wanting to learn more, helped us really develop a station where we can actually detect. Right now, it's a 92% probability of detection of that skip stitch when the thread is the same background as the label. Yeah, you know, it's a sewing operation. Nobody can watch the needle. It goes too fast. And we do uh, 150 stitches per label on four sides. And the machine actually makes the mistakes. It's not an operator making a mistake, but it's up to the operator to check all of those stitches. And like, that's just a bad thing to ask somebody to do. So by adding a camera on the sewing machine, actually above the sewing machine, we were able to have the operator once the label's sewed on, pull it back, the camera verifies all the stitches in a second or two, and then operator can put the hat in mm-hmm. the good bin to go on down to the next process or put the hat in the bad bin for rework if it's a missed stitch. So it was a fun operation. And then additionally, it wasn't just that the stitches got missing, but actually an operator could put the patch on justified a little bit to the left or a little bit to the right, which means that the patch is sewed on. There's a big flap on one side of the patch and hardly any flap on the other side of the patch. So that's a cosmetic defect. We even found that the patch is coming into him from his supplier who Carhartt pays, not him, had defects in the patches themselves that he gets dinged with if it goes out the door wrong. So not only was it stitch quality, but it was patch quality as well. Mm -hmm. There was a few variables in there. It was a fun project. Yeah. And that the goal is that now that we have learned how to use the system, we can actually grow 
the learning of that nest that we can create internally, right? So it's a very interesting challenge for an organization that is not used to doing that, but it was definitely a great project to participate on because not only we were able to successfully run it, we did learn a lot and we're able to actually use that knowledge to see what is out there too in comparison to detected and kind of do case studies where we can say, hey, if you're this type of organization, detected is your best bet. If you're a little bit smaller or a little bit different, maybe there's another solution that fits best for you. But it has a clear, what we show here is that it can be done within the resources that you have. And, and what I thought was cool too was real quick and I'll stop, but I thought was neat was that your team members are not engineers, right? They are not somebody that went to college. They're not IT people. They're basically good people that learned a lot through your organization and they were able to grasp and run with this technology and implement stuff. So that says a lot for your team and your people, but it also for the ease of use of our software. Let's continue that conversation about people. So how is the adoption of Detect It impacting your people? What do they say about it? How is it changing their job? So on one side, very good in terms of helping them feel more comfortable about the performance that they're doing because they don't feel like they're always missing something, right? And there's always a learning curve when we try to do something different and we have to go running and call Kevin to see if we can fix it because like he said, we're not the engineers of it. But in general, it was well accepted. There was some issues with the expectation of the cycle times because they are so used to pushing the production and when they had to stop for a second there was some real-time discussion there we were able to have that conversation about how minimizing the risk of the bad part compensated for the one second slowdown so it wasn't a complete loss because they're always seeing it as oh i'm losing time but no it's you're making sure that your product is getting to the end on a perfect note for a lack of a better word that I don't have right now. But on the other side, it's always that discussion. How do you teach them a new process or teach them to do something that engineers usually do and showing them that there's value in learning those things. That is not only you need to be an engineer, you actually can show another organization that you learn the skill that not everyone in our industry has. So the value proposition of learning something at our institute can bring them a higher wage outside of ISAC too, because they bring a skill set that this industry is not teaching. So Scott, as the organizational matchmaker, what's your take on what's developed here? Yeah, it's just, as you can tell, just by listening to Lino and Kevin, I mean, it was just a really good match, both in terms of the technology and the need they have, but just from a people standpoint, the organizations were a good fit. And I just really think it's great how Isaac really is willing to experiment with technologies and is not fearful about their employees and putting them in those situations. They really embrace it. So like I said, this is one of our matches we can make here, both in terms of the problems that Detect has solved and what Kevin has created and Lionel's ability to just bring in technologies, adopt them, but then just share with the industry too, what works and doesn't work in what situations. Absolutely. Well, thank you all so very much for joining me today. I loved this conversation. It's a really stellar example of what's happening in our state through the Industry 4.0 initiative that's being funded by the MEDC. 
Thank you all so very much for joining me. This is Elizabeth Bernhardt on the Michigan Business Network. Build smart, lead strong. Until next time.